0: So good morning listeners and welcome to Come and See Inspirations being produced here in our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this is the 5th of May, it's the third week of Easter. Our programme here is broadcast on sacred space at One Limit 102 FM local radio at 10am and 11pm each Sunday and it's available for playback and download and come and see inspirations at com. If you actually go to the com website you can reach us by searching come and see inspirations and you can find us there. A podcast of this program is also available on our blog which is wwwsacredspace 102blogspotcom Uh podcasting team this evening is big. There's <laughs> myself and Lorraine here this morning. Good morning to you, Lorraine, how are you? Good morning John, good morning listeners. However, we decided we wanted some really extra help this morning some some, some big help so We've been praying for about three or four hours for the Holy Spirit <laughs> to guide us during this program. So, and as usual, thank you again for joining us, and you're so welcome. It's nice to be able to bring out the good word and the good news um, to listeners each week. We thank West Limit 102 for allowing us to continue with, with Sacred Space. And if you want to contact us at all in regard to a message or a comment, you can do so by texting us at 87 Again, that text number... Oh eight seven six zero eight eight six six seven. And we thank all those people, indeed, who contact us each week, text us or email us. We had a nice little one there during the week, um, commenting on what a beautiful reflection uh, this person heard you given us last week, Lorraine. So, thank you so much for that.
1: But thanks be to God. John. Thanks be to God, God for the, God the, God the Holy, Holy
0: Spirit asking, directing you for that for, for that wonderful advice. Thank you so much for that. Or you can indeed email us, and that's in sacred space. One or two at gmail dot com. Now, unfortunately, Shane is tied up these days; um, he, he's very busy. But um, he did let me know that in a few weeks' time, hopefully, he'll be back with us full time. But we appreciate his time because Shane put so much work into the program. Which Ryan's now finding out because <laughs> she's now doing the Saints for the week and so on. So. But apart from that, his contributions to 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 um, uh, getting guests on the program for us, uh, topics to speak about, and also the Sunday Gospel. So, Shane. I know you've got to keep the head down at the moment, but uh, not for too long now. We miss you, buddy. We miss you. We need you back. And also, uh, Anne as well, Anne couldn't make it with us this week. So myself and Lorraine will do the best we can. And we'll start off by, as usual, going for Saints for the Week. So, Lorraine... We now, doing
1: this week? we have some saints that we might know this week and we have quite a few saints that we probably don't know much about. So we're all learning this week. On Monday, the 6th of May, we have a beautiful Saint John. This is Saint Dominic Savio. And if you are a Salesian or connected with the Salesians, you will probably know about Saint Dominic. Dominic was born on the 2nd of April in 1842 in San Giovanni di Riva. That's near Turin. On the occasion of his first communion, at the age of seven, he set out his life's program. I will go to confession frequently and communion as often as my confessor allows. Because, of course, you weren't allowed to receive Holy Communion regularly then. We forget sometimes, John, how blessed we are today to be able to receive Holy Communion every single day if we wanted to. He goes on, I want to make Sundays and feast days holy. My friends will be Jesus and Mary, death but not sin. At 12, Don Bosco, of the Salesians accepted him into the Oratory in Turin, and Dominic asked his help in order to become a saint. He was gentle, serene and happy. He put great effort into fulfilling his duties as a student and helping his companion, companions in every way he could, teaching them catechism, John. Can you imagine, at that young age, teaching the catechism at 12?
2: Again at this he time. was only 12 I at this age. At
1: Assisting the sick and settling quarrels. One day he said to a companion who had just arrived at the oratory, you should know that here we make holiness consist in being always cheerful. We just try to avoid sin, which is the great enemy that robs us of the grace of God and peace of heart. And we try to fulfill our duties exactly. Now that wonderful theme of holiness will be coming back to in the second part of the program when we look at Bishop Brendan's uh, pastoral letter. St. Dominic was very faithful to his program of work, sustained by intense participation in the sacramental life, by a filial devotion to Mary and by joyful sacrifice, and God enriched him with many special gifts. On the 8th of December 1854, when Pope Pius IX proclaimed the dogma of the Immaculate Conception, Dominic consecrated himself to Mary and began to advance rapidly in holiness. And in 1856, he founded the Immaculate Conception Sodality among his friends. This was a group dedicated to apostolic action and peer ministry. Mama Margaret, who had come to Turin to help her priest son, one day said to him, You have many good boys, but no one surpasses the beauty of heart and soul of Dominic Savio. And she explained, I see him always praying, even remaining in church after the others. Every day he leaves recreation to visit the Blessed Sacrament. When he is in church, he is like an angel in heaven. He died in Morindo on the 9th of March in 1857. His remains are in the Basilica of Mary, help of Christians in Turin. His feast day is celebrated on the 6th of May and Pope Pius XI defined him as a little or rather a great giant of the spirit and he is the patron of young choir singers.
0: That's some example to try to live up to, isn't it? Absolutely, John.
1: This wow. is what we are talking about when we are talking about holiness. Yeah. Which brings us to the 7th of May, Tuesday, St. Rose Venerini. Blessed Rose was born at Viterbo in 1656. She was the daughter of Godfrey Venerini, a physician. Upon the death of a young man who had been paying court to her, I love the way they put that, she entered a convent but after a few months had to return home to look after her widowed mother. Rose used to gather the women and girls of the neighbourhood to say the rosary together in the evenings and when she found out how ignorant many of them were of their religion, She began to instruct them. So you can see parallels between Dominic Savio and Rose from Like Dominic used to uh, encourage, exhort and um, help his friends. Mm -hmm. And when he found out they didn't know much about the religion, he taught them. Rose did the same. She gathered young women and girls and again, encouraged, exhorted them, prayed with them. And then when she realised that they didn't know much, she taught them. And that's what we're called to do today. We are called to encourage our peers, because this was peer-to-peer ministry, Mm -hmm. encourage our peers, pray with our peers. And if we find that we are lacking in our religion, in our understanding of our faith, or that they are to seek instruction in the faith.
0: I I think quite a lot, you know, we don't realize that responsibility Mm. that we do have to hand on the faith, not just to our families, but those who we speak to. Mm-hmm. Maybe been everyday life mm. Mm. back to St. Rose,
1: she was directed by Father Ignatius Martinelli, a Jesuit who convinced her that her vocation was as a teacher in the world rather than as a contemplative in a convent. Whereupon in sixteen eighty five with two helpers, Rose opened a preschool for girls in viterbo and it soon became a great success. She had the gift of ready and persuasive speech and a real ability to teach and to teach others to teach. And was not daunted by any difficulty when the service of God was in question. Her reputation spread and in 1692, Cardinal Barbarigo, sorry, Barbarigo, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there we go, uh, advised, um, she was invited by him to advise and help in the training of teachers and organizing of schools in his diocese. Here she was the mentor and friend of Lucy Filippino, who became the foundress of an Institute of masterpiece and was canonised in 1930. Her feast day is the 7th of May. On Wednesday, we have another saint that we don't know too much about, St. Peter of Tarentese. He was a Cistercian Archbishop born near Vienne in Dauphine and France and joined the Cistercian order at Bonnevaux at the age of 20 with his two brothers, and his father. Known for his piety, at the age of 30, he was sent to serve as the first abbot of Temi in the Tarentaise mountains between Geneva and Savoy. There he built a hospice for travellers, which was quite common at the time. In 1142, he was named the Archbishop of Tarantese against his wishes, and he devoted much energy to reforming the diocese, purging the clergy of corrupt and immoral members, aiding the poor and promoting education. He's also credited with starting the custom of distributing bread and soup, the so-called May bread, just before the harvest, a custom which endured throughout France until the French Revolution. After 13 years as a bishop, Peter suddenly disappeared. Eventually, he was discovered serving as a lay brother in a Cistercian abbey in Switzerland and was convinced to return to Tarantese to resume his Episcopal duties, the poor lad. Trusted as an advisor by popes and kings, he defended papal rights in France and was called upon to assist in bringing about a reconciliation between King Louis the uh, twelfth of France and then Prince Henry II of England, and he was canonized in 1191. That's a long time ago. Indeed. Mm. On Thursday, we have Saint Pacomius. Saint Pacomius was born about 292 In the upper Thebede in Egypt and was inducted into the emperor's army as a 20-year-old, the great kindness of Christians at Thebes towards the soldier became embedded in his mind and led to his conversion after his discharge. After being baptised, he became a disciple of an anchorite Pelamon, and took the habit. The two of them led a life of extreme austerity and total dedication to God. They combined manual labour and unceasing prayer day and night. Pacomius felt called to build a monastery on the banks of the Nile. So about 318 AD, Palamon helped him to build a cell there and even remained with him there for a while. In a short time, some 100 monks joined him and Pacomius organised them on the principles of community living. So prevalent that the desire to emulate the life of Pacomius and his monks became, that the holy man was obliged to establish 10 other communities for men and two nunneries for women. Before his death in 346, there were 7,000 monks in his houses and his order lasted in the East until the 11th century. He was the first monk to organise hermits into groups and write down a rule for them. And both St. Basil and St. Benedict drew from his rule when they were writing their own ones. On Friday, we have an Irish Saint John, St. Cumgall, was born in the Diarida area of the north east coast of Ireland in County Antrim about 517 AD. Mahara Morn, near Larne lays a claim to being his birthplace. His father was a soldier and he himself became one for a while before training as a monk with uh, St. Fenton of Clannanagh in County Leash. He also studied at Clonard with Finian and Clonmacnoise with Ciaran. We next find him practising the monastic life on an island in Loch Erne where he was ordained a bishop, sorry he was ordained a priest by Bishop Logidius in five 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 Cumgall founded his own monastery at Bangor County down. this soon became the largest monastic centre in Ireland with several daughter-houses and a total population of around three thousand. He is said to have successfully combined the austerity of Fenton with the scholarship of Finian um, He was friends with Brendan of Ardfert and Clonfort, with Canis of given and Kilkenny, and with Colum Kill, of course, he also spent some time um, in Scotland, and a manuscript called the Antiphonery of Bangor, a collection of hymns, canticles, prayers, anthems, and liturgical items was discovered in a monastery of Bobbio in sixteen o nine and was brought to the Ambrosian Library in Milan, composed at Bangor between sixteen eighteen and sixteen ninety one uh, it was subsequently brought to Bobbio. Cumgall died at Bangor in 603 and his relics were kept there till 822 and they were scattered, unfortunately, by the Viking raiders. He was an inspiration and still remains to be an inspiration today. His figure as a monk still appears at the top of the coat of arms in Bangor town. And our last Saint of the Week, we have a Saturday the 11th of May, Saint Ignatius of Laconi. Ignatius was the son of a poor farmer Born on the 17th of December, 1701, when he was about 17, he became very ill. Now, like many of us, he bargained with God when he became very ill. He promised to be a Franciscan if he would get better. But when his illness left him, his father convinced him to wait. A couple of years later, Ignatius was almost killed when he lost control of his horse. Suddenly, however, the horse stopped and trotted on quietly. Ignatius was convinced then that God had saved his life. He made up his mind to follow his religious vocation at once. Brother Ignatius never had any important position in the Franciscan order. For 15 years he worked in the weaving shed. Then for 40 years he was part of the team who went out from house to house. They requested food and donations to support the friars. Ignatius visited families and received their gift. But the people soon realised that they received a gift in return. Brother Ignatius consoled the sick and cheered the lonely. He made peace between enemies, converted converted people hardened by sin and advised those in trouble. And there were some difficult days too. Once in a while a door was slammed in his face and often the weather was bad. There was always miles and miles to walk, but Ignatius was dedicated and faithful. People, however, began to notice that he would skip one house. The owner was a rich moneylender. He made the poor back... He made the poor pay back much more than they could afford. The man felt humiliated because Ignatius never visited his home to ask for donations. He complained to brother Ignatius's superior. The superior knew nothing about the moneylender, so he sent Ignatius to his home. Ignatius never said a word, but did as he was told. He returned with a large sack of food. It was then that God worked a miracle. When the sack was emptied, blood dripped out. This is the blood of the poor, Ignatius explained softly. That is why I never ask for anything at that house. The friars began to pray for the moneylender to repent. Brother Ignatius died at the age of 80 on the 11th of May 1781 and was proclaimed a saint by Pope Pius XII in 1951,
0: John. Thank you very much indeed for that. That was very comprehensive. <laughs> you, went from, you went to Italy and you went to France and you went to Egypt and you came back to Ireland. Fair do's, John. Thank you very much indeed. Holding us all over the place. Just a few little notices now before we go for our spiritual communion prayer and our first bit of music. Um, there's adoration during the darkness into light walk. Newcastle West Parish will be open for adoration in conjunction with the darkness into light walk that's in the aid of Peter House, and Saturday next uh, May the 11th, from 4 a.m. in the morning to 6:30 a.m. We're inviting those who'd like to support the event. But who may find the walk too long, to come during these hours and spend some time in adoration, light a candle or say a prayer. Some walker may like to drop into the church as they pass, or when they've completed their walk. So again, that's from 4 a.m. to 6:30 a.m. That's 4 a.m. to 6:30 a.m. next Saturday morning uh, for the adoration during the darkness into the light walk. Speaking of adoration, there's adoration in Newcastle West every Thursday. And that continues on all day, and finish it up just before seven thirty mass in the evening. Lockdurg retreats. Just to remind people again, Lockdurg retreats it continues with the one day retreats. So that's uh, Saturday today, actually the eleventh, twelfth, fourteenth, nineteenth, twenty first, twenty fifth, and twenty sixth and twenty seventh of May. More information: lockdurg.org, www.lockdurg.org, or you can telephone. The number here, which is zero zero, which is o seven one nine eight six one five one eight. That's o seven one nine eight six one five one eight. Just one final one here, just to remind people again about Radio Maria. Uh, I did mention that about a few months ago. This particular state, Radio Maria is a Catholic radio station, broadcasting twenty four hours, seven days a week. Uh, here in Ireland, various programmes suited to youth and the not-so-young listeners include Daily Mass at 10am, Daily Rosary prayed at 12.30pm and 5.30pm, chat, sh- chat shows, vocation stories, catechesis and loads of music. So to get this, you can tune in y- to your TV set at you 210, which is just one back from RTE1, or online at www.radiomaria.ie, or you can c- phone them on oh one. Four three seven three two seven seven. 3277 That's O one four three seven three two seven seven. 277 Or you can text a comment or request to 089 467-2000 That's 089 467-2000 So now we go for our first bit of music and uh, before that we'll pray a spirit of communion prayer especially for those listeners who can't receive Jesus at Mass this morning. Would have no doubt have received Jesus at Mass maybe daily and maybe certainly weekly, all through their lives, but for some reason or another now can't get out of the house at all this morning. This is a spiritual communion for them, but also for ourselves. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. So now we go for our first bit of music, and as this is the first Sunday in May, we thought we'd play that beautiful piece of music Ave Maria by Andrea Bocelli. So, join us back again in part two, where uh, Lorraine will share some more thoughts on um, Bishop Leahy's pastoral letter on holiness. So, let's hear this piece of music first. Mm-hmm. Welcome back again to the second part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keely, so joined in the studio here by Lorraine. And as promised, Lorraine is going to guide us through a few more thoughts and a pastoral, the Lenten pastoral letter from Bishop Lee, uh, which he published recently, and it's entitled This is What God Wants Us, Our Holiness. Okay, Lorraine. Thank you very
1: much, John. And of course, just because it's a Lenten pastoral doesn't mean we have to stop reflecting because we're not in Lent anymore, John. Oh, <laughs> we are in the beautiful season of Tide, of course. And Tide is where we look specifically at the Acts of the Apostles, mm. what the early church did mm. with the gifts that God gave them. And one of the greatest gifts that God gives us is our holiness. And when we were reflecting on this last time, we saw that... Um, Bishop Brendan uses a very simple definition of holiness, but it's a very beautiful one. He says, holiness is love lived to the full, love of God and love of one's neighbours. Mm-hmm. So this week, we're going to reflect a little bit on why is holiness so important? So again, I'm going to read a little bit from the pastoral letter and then we might have a chat, John.
0: Okay.
1: Holiness is important, not just for us personally, but also for those around us and for our world. Edith Stein, a great 20th century saint, a university lecturer who was put to death under Nazism, once pointed out that the lives of people who are holy have a huge impact on the world's history. Perhaps they didn't make newspaper headlines, but their everyday lives make a daily difference to those around them. She pointed out that we will only find out who really made a difference in our lives on the last day when all that is hidden will be revealed. Of course, not every detail of our life might be perfect. However, the overall trend of our life and our effort to be holy matters. The point is that each one of us is a word that God wants to say to the world. Each one of us not only has a mission, but is a mission. God wants some particular aspect of the gospel to shine out in our lives. If we live our life living love to the full, that is, in holiness, God's word gets pronounced, as it were, more clearly to the benefit of many. Think of Francis of Assisi. His life cries out the word poverty loud and clear. In the case of the young saint Chiara Lucia Badano, her life proclaims a great attitude to life that can be applied in the face of all life's ups and downs. If you want it, Lord, I wanted to. You might think of people you know, who you consider holy, and ask yourself, what specific word does their life speak to you? Each of our lives is speaking a word to the world around us. Holiness gives us the courage and boldness to evangelize and to leave a mark in the world. Speaking at the World Youth Day in Krakow, which I attended, along with a large group of young people from our own diocese. Pope Francis encouraged those present to make a difference, to believe they can make a mark on the world.
0: Now, that was lovely. There, there was a few thoughts there that struck me, um, and maybe it's important that we highlight it again mm-hmm. for our listeners. Right at the start, you said holiness is, is important, not just for us personally, but for all of all of those around us and for the world. We sometimes think, I'm not good enough, and I'm no good, and therefore... I'm not qualified to be able to uh, maybe expound on my faith or whatever. Mm. whatever. So look, I won't bother, I kind of might make a mess of it. Mm-hmm. That isn't what this is saying here. What this is saying here is holiness is so important for us personally and also for those around us. I'm sure as a parent and as a grandparent, pretty important for me as best I can to be able to give whatever example I can. Is that?
1: Absolutely, and we'll see it actually when we reflect on the Gospel a little bit. In the Gospel passage, which we'll come to in the next part of the programme, but mm. but I'll just talk about it a little bit now, Jesus says to John, Do you love me? Yeah.
2: Mm. Do, you mm. love
1: me? Mm. Do you love me? Do you love me? Three times. He doesn't ask John, has he, or sorry, Peter, I beg your pardon. Mm. Um, Jesus says to Peter, Do you love me? Do you love yeah. me? Do you love me? Um, he doesn't ask Peter, Has he completed his ordination training? Uh, no, you know, no. he, does, he doesn't no. ask Peter, Can you explain the philosophical meaning of? Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: He doesn't ask Peter, Do you have all this knowledge now? Do you remember ev- everything I told you now? Mm -hmm. are you you ready Mm. he says do you love me and that's what it comes down to in the end
0: and that's what we can all do yeah
1: we can all love and to love is to put God in the first place and to will the best for the other it's not about feelings Mm -hmm. it's about a conscious decision to go out every moment of the day and wish the best for the other person
0: and continuing on from that you mentioned there later on or the bishop does of course, not every detail of our life might be perfect. However, the overall trend of our life and our effort to be holy is what matters.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm trying the best I can, but I mess mm-hmm. up. Like- oh, Lord, we all mess up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That's why the most beautiful prayer in, in Scripture is, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Mm. Because we recognize two great things there. First, the reality is that we are sinners, we do mess up yeah. constantly. Mm. Constantly, John. But the other great reality is the mercy and love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ if we just turn to him. And that means turning to him every day, like doing our little examination of conscience Mm -mm. at the end of the day, maybe Mm. before we go to bed, we kind of run through our day and thank God for what went well Mm. and apologize and say sorry to God for what went wrong and look at ways we might improve tomorrow and take it seriously and ask for his grace to come into those areas of our lives. But we also have that beautiful, beautiful sacrament of reconciliation. Yeah. In which God is just waiting to pour out His grace into our hearts,
0: and that's that's another point then too. Like that, that obviously we need to pray for that grace. But mm. but just going on about it, just just continue on here. But the overall trend of our life has to be in the right direction. So we're trying our best. We're picking ourselves up again.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the longer we live, you know, sometimes. When we're younger, we have a kind of a spiritual high, and we've this yeah. lovely, lovely relationship with Jesus, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, which I'm not—I'm not, I'm not, mm-hmm. look, I'm not mm-hmm. looking down on no, it no, at no, all. No, no. We all kind of go yes. through that little kind of honeymoon period, Ooh. but you know that the older you get, maybe kind of more uh, you know yourself a bit better, and you know yep. your weaknesses a bit better, and you know you have to. Gosh, it's a bit of a slog now sometimes, and you pick yourself up though because you know that in the end, it's God; it does all the work. God did us all the work. All we have to do is remain open to him.
0: One of the things that people might might also want um, might, to might, might ponder a little bit on is where the bishop mentions there, and you just wrote out to us again, God wants some particular aspect of the gospel to shine out in our lives. I'm not, I'm not gospel. I mean, I don't know all the gospel. <laughs> how, how can I do all of that? What does that mean? It means that
1: God has given each one of us a particular mission. As Cardinal Henry Newman says, God has given to me some work that will not be completed by another person if I don't do it. Mm. Now you could look at that as an awesome responsibility and it could paralyze you and go, oh my gosh, I've not done God's will throughout my entire... That's not what it's about. It's saying that God has created us for a purpose. Mm. Each one of us, as Cardinal, um, as Pope Benedict says, each one of us is the result of a thought of God. Each one of us is willed. Each one of us is loved. Each one of us is necessary I love it there. It says, Bishop He says, the point is that each one of us is a word that God wants to say in our world. If you think of the words you use today, or maybe it's early in the morning, we mm. I mean, go back to yesterday. Think of the words you used yesterday. Words have great power. Were they words that built people up, that encouraged them, that supported them? Were they words of forgiveness, of kindness, of love, of mercy? If they were, then we were living the gospel well yesterday. Mm -hmm. Now, if there were words of gossip or disparagement or putting people down or maybe taking the Lord's holy name in vain or maybe we were using bad language, Mm -hmm. then we weren't preaching the gospel in those actions. Mm -hmm. So we can be a word that speaks goodness into the world or we can be a word that is quite destructive in our world and the choice remains ours Mm. even though we were we're baptized we are christians in other words we're other christs we are made in the image and likeness of god Mm. we are made in the image and likeness of jesus christ himself the word of god so the choice is ours whether we want to speak that good word into the world or whether we want to speak kind of a bad word if you
2: like
0: so the bottom line is as you said early on there and you quoted i think Pope benedict we're the sort of God so maybe each day one of our prayers could be Lord will you help me to be the person you want me to be and by doing that obviously I'm going to be the way I'm going to act the way he wants me to act which could also be described as holiness I wouldn't in my dreams think I was holy but if I'm doing Mm. God's will
1: Mm, absolutely and I think that's an interesting exercise that he asks us to do He invites us, Bishop Brendan does, invites us to think of people, you know, whom you consider holy and ask yourself, what specific word does their life speak to you? So we all have those really, you know, Mm -mm. people that we look up to, good and holy people. And if you had to put one word on it, what word would it be? Just to take a little time reflecting on it, because there is something very attractive about holiness. Genuine holiness is very
0: attractive, John.
1: We see it. We like it. We want to be kind of um, around people that are genuinely holy.
0: Use the word "connected," and I think one of the ways, you know, as you said, often we say, "Oh, well, it's not a holy person," it's not a holy priest, and so on and so forth. And I really, I think, what we're saying, really, is that they're connected as best they can with the Lord, connected the, as best they can with with Jesus, and that means in communication with Him in terms of prayer and so on and oh, so
1: forth. Absolutely, we can't do it without God's grace. So I'm just gonna go on very quickly onto the next little bit. Just a few um, minutes, okay. Because we've just touched on it there, John. Sometimes we feel we're not up to it. Mm. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> mm. There is a temptation, Bishop Brendan says, we all have to overcome when it comes to striving for holiness. Feeling we're not up to it. Of course it's true that if we were to depend just on our own resources, we wouldn't manage it. We might get blocked in a sense of mediocrity. No, that that sense of asher on grand. Mm, mm, mm. we we fail to strive or a lack of fervour but that's where the Holy Spirit comes in we need to depend on God's power working in us more than on ourselves so that's what we're going to be reflecting on over the next coming weeks as we um, get closer and closer to Pentecost it's the power of the Holy Spirit working in ourselves
0: and the Holy Spirit is available to all of us
1: to every single baptised Christian John the second you were baptised, the Holy Spirit became available to you and all the gifts of the Holy
0: Spirit. Lovely. Okay, we're at that stage, at this stage now, we might go for a second bit of music and maybe this is an ideal piece of music to play after just reading that and maybe taking a little bit of time to, 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 to let it sink into our, uh, to our brains and our beings. This piece of music, it's uh, by the Maranatha Singers and this one is entitled Jesus, what a wonder you are. And then we'll come back again in part three and have a chat on the gospel for today. So welcome back again to the third part of Come and See Inspirations. My name is John Keeley, still joining the studio here in the Come and See studio here now by Lorraine Buckley. And this part of the programme is we, we pray and we reflect and we read on the Sunday Gospel. Before that, there's a Spirit of Communion prayer that Lorraine's just going to share with us here this morning now, and then I'll read the Gospel. Thanks, Lorraine.
1: Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your Word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your Spirit to us, so that, receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it, let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
0: Amen. Thanks for that, Laurie. So we continue reading for the third uh, Sunday of Easter, and we continue reading from the Gospel of St. John, chapter 21 today, verse 1 to 19. Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. It was by the Sea of Tiberias, and it happened like this. Simon Peter, Thomas called called the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two more of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. They replied, We'll come with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but caught nothing that night. It was light by now, and there stood Jesus on the shore though the disciples did not realise that it was Jesus. Jesus called out, Have you caught anything, friends? And when they answered no, he said, Throw the net to the starboard, and then you'll find something. So they dropped the net, and there were so many fish that they could not hold it in. The disciples, the, the disciple Jesus loved, said to Peter, It is the Lord. At these words, it is the Lord, Simon Peter, who had practically nothing on Wrapped his cloak around him and himself, and jumped into the water. The other disciples came on in the boat, towing the net and the fish. They were only about a hundred yards from land. As soon as they came ashore, they saw that there was some bread there and a charcoal fire with fish cooking on it. Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus said, "Bring some of the fish you've caught." Simon Peter went went aboard and dragged the net to the shore, full of big fish, one hundred and fifty three of them. And in spite of there being so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come in and have breakfast. None of the disciples was bold enough to ask, Who are you? They knew quite well it was the Lord. Jesus then stepped forward, took the bread and gave it to them. And the same with the fish. This was the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples after rising from the dead. After the meal, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John... Do you love me more than these others do? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to them, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He replied, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, Look after my sheep. Then he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was upset that he asked him the third time, Do you love me? And said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I tell you most solemnly, when you were young and you put on your own belt and walked where you like, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and somebody else will put a belt around you and take you where you'd rather not go. In these words he indicated the kind of death by which Peter would give glory to God. After this he said, Follow me. That's the gospel for this week. A wonderful gospel again for Livic Lorraine. See what you can do with a start of, of good reflection, please.
1: Of course, John. Now, of course, it is from John's Gospel. So John's Gospel has layer after layer after layer. So as usual, what we would encourage you to do is if you've been to Mass today, is to take out your leaflet or if you have a missal at home, is to take out the missal and reflect on the Word of God and spend time with it and enter into the story with it. John chapter 22 is the last chapter of John's Gospel. Now, last week we had the last Uh, verses of chapter 20, which kind of summed up what John's Gospel was about. We remember it said, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. That's the purpose of the Gospel, is that we may come to know Jesus Christ, to believe that he is the Messiah our Saviour, the Son of God, and in believing that we may have life to the full. Mm -hmm. So again, this little um, account this morning is an example of Jesus leading the apostles who were going to go out and spread the gospel, leading them, especially Peter, to life in the full. They've been through a roller coaster of a time. Mm -hmm. They met this wonderful preacher. They spent approximately three years in his company. They've seen his miracles. They witnessed the jubilation on Palm Sunday of the entry into Jerusalem and Mm -hmm. everybody, Hosanna Mm -hmm. to the Lord. They witnessed, albeit from afar, some of them, the passion, death, crucifixion of Jesus, where they thought all is lost. Mm -hmm. They have Mm -hmm. given up everything for this man and all is lost. And especially Peter, 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 whom I love to bits, mm-hmm. because he is so impetuous, he yeah. is so full of zeal. And yet in the last moment, even though Jesus prophesied and told him, you will deny me three times, he denies the Lord three times during his passion. So can you imagine putting yourself into Peter's shoes? And they're down there, there's, there's seven of them, I think, down there by the lake. And, Peter says right lads I'm going fishing Mm -hmm. Peter goes back to what he knows best he's going going back fishing so they go out into the boat and of course they catch nothing absolutely nothing so you can imagine the frustration of that they've been up all night now and they're tired and they're weary and they've gone back to something that they used to be quite good at they used to make a living out of fishing and now they can't even do that right Mm -hmm. and then somebody shouts to them from the shore throw your net out to the right hand side Now, we don't know if that was miraculous or not, because Jesus, maybe from his vantage point on the right hand shore, could see a shoal of fish Mm. to the right. It actually doesn't matter because John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, is the way he describes himself always in John's Gospel. um, He says it is the Lord when the haul of fish comes in and Peter, impetuous, beautiful, wonderful Peter, said, that's enough for me, right? I'm gone and jumps into the water to go and goes to greet Jesus. And of course, we have the beautiful scene of bringing the fish. I'm not going to concentrate on that too much because we're running out of time rapidly. But after the meal, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. Can you imagine the awkwardness of the conversation in Jesus mind? Peter, or in Peter's mind, I beg your pardon, Peter knows he's denied the Lord three times. And Mm. Jesus is offering him redemption in the sense that three times Jesus asks him, Do you love me? Mm. To make up almost for the three times when Peter betrayed Jesus. And having given his assent, and you can see Peter's getting more and more emotional. I can totally be more and more emotional in that with him when I think of the times in which I betrayed the Lord or, you know, I denied him to the world and to have Jesus stand in front of you and go, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? I think it's a beautiful moment. And and it speaks to me of the sacrament of reconciliation, where we go and confess our sins to the Lord. And in a sense, he's saying to us through the act of contrition that we make, Lorraine, do you love me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you love me? Do you love me? Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just that I think it's beautifully human in the sense that He's reaching Peter where Peter's need is greatest and is beautifully Mm -hmm. divine because, as God, he can give him the forgiveness that Peter needs in order to go out and do his ministry. And then there is that beautiful prophecy. Um, See, we think of martyrdom as something horrific. And of course it is. It Mm. is. Mm. But as Paul says, if I live, I live for the Lord and if i die i die for the yeah, lord yeah. and we have the prophecy of peter's crucifixion here when you were a young man you could do what you want but now when you're an older man people will lead you by the belt and take you where you will not where you would not wish to go and you will stretch out your hands and of course peter was crucified in the same manner as the lord except upside down because he didn't want to die in the same way as jesus and I was watching Paul, the Apostle of Christ recently. It's it's out on Netflix, by the way, people, if you have Netflix at home. It's um, a kind of a telling of the story of St. Paul and St. Luke in the days and years after um, after the resurrection. And Luke is shown to be in the circus with, Mm-mm. you know, all the Christian martyrs that are going to be martyred very shortly. And he says, you know, pain only lasts a moment. Death only lasts a moment but heaven is forever. And that sense of that, you know, in life, there are going to be things that happen to us that we wish would not happen. You know, it, 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 sin and death has entered the world, unfortunately, and, and with it, suffering and illness and all the rest of it. There are things that we're going to have to go through. But as Chiara Lucia Bedano reminds us, if you will it, Lord, then so be it. Then, then I accept it. Because this life is not the end. No. Like this, this—if mm-hmm. we could only see what eternity was like, what heaven was like for us,
2: mm-hmm. it's yes. it's
1: all there ahead of us. But this life is not the end. Anyway, John, I've gone on too much.
0: Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful. Thank you very much, Nick, for that. Fantastic. Thank you. Just a quick little thought there for myself there this week. Um, as you mentioned there, throw out your nets to the starboard, and you'll find—and you'll find something. Sometimes we continue to do things in the same way. Life, just like the disciples, fishing from the one side of the boat. But just as Jesus asked the disciples to throw out their nets to the starboard side, the other side from what they were fishing from, they caught a huge catch of fish. And so with us, Jesus may be asking us to do things differently. We may be asked to pray differently, to become more involved with our church. Like Peter, allow Jesus to change us in the way we think and interact with others for myself i can remember bit becoming involved with prayer groups and scripture groups and these groups were living faith in a different way than i was at that particular time and they looked very really happy to me but just as in today's gospel i was being led to look at my faith from a different side of the boat so to speak now the scripture has brought a new meaning to my life rather than looking at the at the at the the readers or the reading at Mass has not been relevant to my life. Now I get so much from it. Lecture Divina helps me to share the readings um, each week. I kind of re- go through it now of a Monday, and then I've got all week to kind of take that into myself, asking the Lord to share with me what he wants me to listen. So I am thankful to God that I've had the opportunity years ago to cast my net to the other side of my boat. And thankful to God for the huge catch of of encouragement that I've received in helping me live out my daily life and helping me to get to know more about Jesus. So maybe when we're fishing from the same side of our boats and catching nothing, let's ask Jesus to have the courage to try something different and to be prepared uh, for our nets to be filled. Just like the other guys, 153 fish I think it was, was, that was huge. That's my few little thoughts today. So, therefore, sometimes we might be asked to do things that we're, just like Peter, asking us to go some places where we don't want to go. Maybe today we must ask the Lord to give us the courage to go the way he wants us to go. At that stage, way over time, but a wonderful program. Thank you so much, that for that. We'll continue on at some stage later on, in a few weeks, with the beautiful um, thoughts, really, that the bishop... Leahy has presented to us in that pastoral letter, which needs to be looked at a little bit mm-hmm.
1: more. Thanks a lot, Ryan. You're very welcome, John. Thank you, listeners, as well, for your faithfulness in listening to us every week.
0: You're very good, and please keep the prayer coming there for us because we need it. We need it. Thank you so much for us. And in, now we'll go out when I find a bit of music. And I was just chasing around the internet to look for a piece of music, and I came up with one. It's, run, it's sung by Don Francisco. And this one's entitled Feed My Sheep so we'll get with this one please join us again next week same time come and see Inspirations We're myself, Lorraine and we don't, know who, we, we don't really know who's going to join us next week but in the meantime enjoy the week God bless you all now bye
3: just as the day was breaking Jesus stood there by the sea none of us aboard that boat could tell that it was he so suddenly our net was full, just as full as it could be And John said, it's the Lord, and I rushed to Him through the sea On the shore we ate with Him, just like in days gone by The words that passed between us, I'll remember till I die He said, Simon, do you love me more? than all these others do I said Lord you have no closer friend my love for you is true and he told me feed my sheep feed my sheep feed He disbelieved me He asked me twice again Till so I said, Lord, you know everything You know I am your friend If you're my friend, he said You'll do the things I say I love my sheep as I do Till I come for them that day And he told me Feed my sheep Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Just feed my sheep. Words of love are easy. Actions make it real. Promises are worthless. Depend on how you feel. A hireling just turns wages. And he runs when wolves come near A shepherd guards his charges And never yields to fear All he said was me.